Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. You're listening to a podcast from the South China Morning Post. Hey everyone, welcome back to a new episode of Inside China Tech. I'm Zen Su, a technology reporter with the South China Morning Post. And this week, I have my colleague Huang Zheping with me. So Zheping very recently had a chance to sit down with Razer CEO Tan Minliang. So they played a couple of games of Apex Legends. And then they had a very long and interesting chat about everything to do with Razer's business, how the company was founded you know, what their plans are, and, you know, we even got a look into Tan Min Liang's schedule. Hey, Zhao Ping, welcome to Inside China Tech. Hi, Zen. Yeah, I guess it's fun. Like, not everyone will have the chance to play games with a tech CEO, but I did. So it's quite funny. Yeah, and the thing is, uh, Tan Min Liang is actually, like, a really big gamer, right? Right, and he's... I think he's good at like first-person shooter games, but I'm never a big fan of those like battle royale games like PUBG and Apex. So during the whole, we we actually played two matches, but I sucked at both of them. So for both match, we died quite quickly. So actually, it's a bit awkward. So like, do you game at all? Like, if you don't like FPS games, do you play any other games? Yeah, I'm more like a like a RPG gamer, but like Tan Ming Liang, like everyone calls him Ming, right? So Ming loves like a uh, shooting game a lot, and that's why he insists we will play Apex Legend, which is the most popular battle royale at the moment. So me and Ming and Josh, Josh is our colleague from Apex, so the three of us are on the same team, and uh, yeah, I think it's mostly because of me, and and I don't really know how to be a good like shooter, so. Each match lasted only for ten minutes. Basically, we were eliminated when we first bump into our enemies. So, do you play against the computer, or do you play? Are you playing? Were you guys playing against real people? I think it's real people. Yeah. Was it stressful? You know, playing with with Min. I mean, I like when I think about Min. He's like this guy who like built this huge hardware company and is like you know super passionate about gaming and he's like games all the time. So like, is it stressful? You know, playing with somebody who clearly is a pro. I mean, I imagine he was a pro at Apex Legends when he uh, was playing it. Yeah, I think so because he grew up playing a lot of like shooting games. I won't say it's like really like stressful or challenging, but it's like awkward because the three of us didn't communicate that much the whole time. And Ming said that it's the first time he played Apex with real person in the same room. So for the whole time, we were just doing our own stuff. Like everyone is looking for their own weapons and shooting people except me. And I asked Ming if it's the worst game he ever played because we like died in ten minutes, you know, but. He said it's not. It's better than the ones he played with robots. I'm not sure if that's a like a compliment or like. Or yeah, like it's not. It's not a compliment. 
<laughs> okay, but anyway, regardless, um, I mean, it was it's, it's still definitely a fun opportunity. And you guys were down at the Razor Store in Hong Kong, right? Yeah, it's just in Causeway Bay, very close to our office, and it's not like really big, maybe just twenty square meters. But it's it's the st- uh, the the design is quite stylish. Like you you can imagine, you, you know, because all the Razor products is like black, and uh, it has the like shiny green light. So the store is just like that. Yeah, yeah, I've been there a couple of times. Yeah, Min is actually a pretty cool guy. Um, so for those of you listeners who don't know, Razor is actually they're incorporated in the U.S. I believe. Min himself is Singaporean, so Singapore represent. I'm also Singaporean. Woo! But also, um, even though they're a U.S. company, they chose to list in Hong Kong, so they're listed on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange. Ping had an extended chat with him where they discussed everything from Razor's partnerships with Chinese companies like NetEase and Tencent, how he founded Razor, and what he's like as a person outside of being a Razor CEO. So let's get into it. What are we about to hear? Yeah, we start with how men get into gaming as a kid. Uh, actually, the first game that was introduced was actually by my dad. Because I remember coming home and then uh, he had just bought an Apple II, and this was a long time ago. This was in the 80s. Um, and... Uh, there was a game there. It was probably Rescue Raiders. It was just like a, two helicopters going back and forth or a helicopter going back and forth. And that was when I first got into gaming and I was very young. I was probably like five or six, you know, at that point of time. Um, and then a little later, you know, when the PC came about, uh, I was playing games like, um, uh, you know, like uh, Romance of Three Kingdoms. Uh, there were a whole bunch of other games uh, along the way. I've just been playing games since. The story resonated with me as every single Asia kid who got scolded by their parents for playing too much game. Yeah, well, I think like every parent, you know, they, they say like, no, don't spend too much time playing computer games. Uh, so the funny story that every gamer knows is that whenever, because today everyone kind of feels like gaming is okay. But back in the day, you know, my mom would stop me from playing computer games and then we would rush away when she gets home and then we would try to cover the computer with like, uh, cold towel so that oh, yeah. when she touches the computer she doesn't know that the computer's being, being used uh, things like that yeah uh, or in the middle of the night we'll sneak out and we'll play games downstairs because the computer would have been down uh, you know in the in the living room uh, yeah so so like any parent I think they were concerned about us playing too many games uh, but uh, today uh, yeah it's still it's just been my passion so Min was educated as a lawyer correct Right, he has been a lawyer for a couple of years after graduated from one of Singapore's best universities. And then he decided to quit. Because during the university, like he was a big gamer, first-person shooter gamer. He actually played that competitively. So he thought of the idea, why shouldn't I create a mouse only for gamers to play shooter games so that they can enhance their performance? That's how he started his first Razer product. Yeah, I imagine his parents must have been pretty angry, but let's hear it from Min himself. It's a little bit like what the Chinese say, uh, right? So I, I actually did it. I, I, start, I quit my job and I started Razor. Um, and by the time they found out, I think it was probably two or three years later. Mm-hmm. So by then, they, I think they had some idea I was doing something else, but uh, it was a couple of years before they found out what I was doing and even a couple more years later when they figured out exactly what I was doing. You know, it's like Asian parents, they're like, oh, yeah, 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 you know. They, they never really... I think by then they really didn't really scold me that much. They said, "Look, you know, as long as you've got a living, you know, we've taken care of you. You've got your mm-hmm. your your university degree. You know, you can take care of yourself." At some point of time, when I was playing um, FPS games, uh, first-person shooters competitively, 
I was getting together with a bunch of my uh, pals and we said, you know, it's all about trying to find that unfair advantage, right? Putting a, uh, uh, adjusting a screen, making sure that um, things are comfortable, so on and so forth. Then one of us said, wouldn't it be cool if we could make a mouse that is more precise and more accurate? And one of our friends was a designer and said, yeah, absolutely, we could do that. So we put some money together uh, and then we started asking our friends online back in the day, like, who wants to get this? And we put some money together also at the same time and we designed our first gaming mouse prototype. And remember, back then, uh, gaming mice didn't exist. So essentially, we created not just a product, but this entire industry really came from it. So we tested the mouse, we got on a server, that's the story, we got on a server, we were promptly kicked from the server because they said, you're cheating. That was the moment when we went, wow, maybe this is, this is uh, something cool. And we started with the mouse, we went onto the keyboard. Today, we are world number one in terms of gaming peripherals. We then said, why don't we make a gaming laptop? And then we are one of the, the fastest growing um, laptop companies in the world, but that's our hardware space. Then we created a software platform, 60 million users on the software platform. Then we said, why don't we create a monetization platform for gamers? And boom, today we're the largest integrated uh, ecosystem for gamers out there and um, listed on Hong Kong Stock Exchange. Yeah, so obviously Razer has come really far. They're a really small company now. They're a big gaming hardware company. You know, like any gamer who knows their worth will know what Razer is. They've got this really recognizable logo. Yeah, it's the triple-headed snake. Every gamer in the world knows what does that mean. Here's a cool story about what does the logo mean and how he came up with it. You know, we didn't really think of it as a business at all. In fact, till today, we don't really think of it as a business also at the same time. We just wanted to have something cooler. Um, and all the mice out there were like MX2000 or, or FX302 or something like that, right? Because they were trying to sound like edgy and cool. We said, okay, fine, we'll... We are just going to have one product anyway. We're going to name a, uh, it after a snake because snakes eat other mice. And we thought we we're only going to have one product and that's it. And uh, yeah, so it worked out well for us. And I was born in the year of the snake. So, you know, we used the emblem of the snakes and stuff like that. And then we created the logo, I think the triple-headed snake. And t- today, the triple-headed snake has become one of the most recognizable brands in the, in the world. I think for the youth and millennial, for the gamers, definitely. So it's uh, pretty awesome. I'm, I'm sure when Jan walks around with his shirt and stuff like that, you get stopped by gamers from time to time and that's, uh, that's what we do. So Ping, it's really crazy. It's not just logos that people are tattooing on their bodies, but also his face. You know, it's really nuts how he's become such a cult of personality among gamers the same way Steve Jobs was a big cult of personality in the tech world. Yeah, yeah, the guys who have tattooed my name, the guys that have tattooed my face on them and things like that. But there are a lot who tattoo our logos, right? That's a lot more. I, I actually think it's... Um, it's a huge responsibility. That's the way I see it. Because whenever somebody tattoos our logo on themselves, it's like the guy saying, look, for life, I believe that Razer is always going to stay true for gamers, by gamers. For life, I believe that Razer is always going to have the best technology, the best design and stuff like that. So it is a, it is a big responsibility. In recent years, Razer has grown much beyond a small mouse maker to a what Ming calls it an ecosystem for global gamers. Actually, one day before we met, Razer announced its revenue result for the year 2018. The revenue is increasing and they have narrowed their net loss. Uh, another news is that Razer had announced a partnership with Tencent, China's biggest uh, game publisher. The two were likely to explore some deals to make 
smartphone games better for both Razer and the Tencent fans? When we say game publishing, um, it's different from a game store because a game store is not publishing. Publishing is basically, for example, like a Tencent, right? They they work with the developer and then they help market the game and they, they do certain things. So it's like maybe if we could sell games in the store and things like that, it's fine. So I think for us is that we will never do publishing or game development. That's stuff that we don't do. But, you know, we see ourselves as a channel and as a channel, we're able to uh, whether sell other hardware products, other software products, we'll definitely do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For us, so I like to call this um, what we did, the, the 40, 40 and 4, which is Last year, we grew about 40% about year-on-year for our revenues. And most tech companies, when they're scaling at this stage, usually they're they're burning money, right? But we actually reduced our... We improved our bottom line by 40% also at the same time. So we grew 40%. We improved our bottom line by 40%. And a lot of it was because our services business grew four times. So one of the challenges I think we constantly face is, what is Razer? Is Razer a hardware company? Is Razer a software company or Razer a services company? Because if you just forget about the software and services, as a hardware company, we also grew about 30% year on year for just the hardware alone. And that's actually really good growth for a hardware company. And if you look at our gross profit margins, it's actually pretty high. Now, if you look at our software business, forget about the hardware right now, look at our software business. If today we said, I'm running a software startup and I've got 60 million users on my platform, guys are going to go, wow. That's pretty impressive, but the next question is, can you monetize on top of that, right? Then if you look at my services business, we've done $50 million in terms of revenues from fourfold year on year, because if we came out with that, that's a billion dollar company by itself. Somebody will say, oh, wow, we've got 60 million people in your platform, you are now driving this four times. So we are actually a very interesting company because most companies are either just hardware, it is an ecosystem, and we, and we grow it. Yeah. yeah, but you know, on the China gaming side, for NetEase and Tencent, you know, there's a couple months ago, China's government was really cracking down on games because they said it was really, you know, not healthy for minors. What's going to happen with that? Yeah, that's right. The Chinese government is concerned about gaming being too addictive to children. That's part of the reason why they suspended the process for approving and licensing new games for as long as nine months last year. That hurt NetEase and Tencent as, and other major game publishers' revenue a lot. Um, throughout the year. But for Ming, that's just history repeats itself. So, so I can't comment on, and I won't comment because my PR will freak out, on uh, the Chinese uh, uh, government uh, uh, perspective. But I would say that, candidly, um, you know, we've seen all this happen before, right? Uh, when radio first came out, a lot of people were very concerned about radio. When TV, you know, was coming out, they said, oh, there's sex and violence on TV. Is it going to make people mass murderers and stuff like that? To me, it's all about moderation and... Um, there's always a good and bad of everything, right? You, you eat too much food, it's not good for you. You don't eat, you, something's going to happen to you. So it's all about moderation. But I think gaming is already a $135 billion industry. It continues to grow. Um, and if you think a little further, um, you know, with uh, where a lot of Chinese companies are going, the One Belt, One Road initiative to Southeast Asia, to emerging markets, we are also the largest monetization platform for games. So... Um, while we announced our partnership with Tencent uh, uh, yesterday, we actually did another announcement about three months ago. Um, I don't know whether you guys picked it up with uh, NetEase. So NetEase essentially said that they're bringing their games to Southeast Asia and they're using our payment platform, um, uh, Razer Gold, working together with them. So that's our services element. So we see a huge opportunity because um, 
Uh, many of the game companies are also bringing their games to emerging markets of Middle East, uh, Latin America, uh, uh, Southeast Asia, and our platform is also ready to go help them monetize. Yeah, so one thing I think is very interesting about Razer is that they're a U.S. company. Min himself is Singaporean, but out of all of the places that they could list, they decided to list in Hong Kong. Yeah, although Min is Singaporean and maybe one of the most famous Singaporean in the tech sector, he doesn't actually think Razer as a Singaporean company. He thinks it as a global brand. And listing Hong Kong just helps Razer to become a more successful global company. Yeah, in fact, I think he spends more time in Hong Kong than he does in Singapore. A lot of people said, hey, you know, only China companies IPO in Hong Kong. International companies, um, people don't understand technology. Uh, if you don't have a big China story, you know, Hong Kongers don't understand it and stuff like that. But my view was, Hong Kongers are very... Uh, cosmopolitan, they are very international, and the Chinese are also very cosmopolitan and international. The world is so much smaller. You know, a third of my business is in the US, a third in Europe, a third in Asia. China is a big part of that, right? But gamers are everywhere. So it's like when we're playing Apex Legends, if you're playing with other people, somebody says GG. You know what he means, right? Yeah, right. Uh, you know, things like that. Um, of course, there are different words which are different meanings, like noob or newbie, you know, or whatever it is. Also, it means a little differently in, in, in different markets. But gaming is universal. So it's this kind of weird opportunity, I think, that we have kind of come up with. And um, today, if, while the whole tech sector has come down in the markets right. in Hong Kong, um, we have actually recovered quite well. I can't comment on the stock price, but I would say that a lot of people are now realizing, hey, you know, Razer is international. It's not just affected by what's happening in China. We are actually US, Europe, Asia. And this gaming market, it's not going to stop. This year, it grew, last year, it grew 10% year on year. Um, so we have the opportunity that you know, to present what it is to the, to the Chinese press. We can work with Tengxun. But at the same time, we're working with EA, we're working with uh, Blizzard, we're working with Ubisoft in Europe. So it's one of those interesting things, and, and uh, that's why I've also been improving my Mandarin. Yeah. The, the thing is, I'm Singaporean. I think that's, that's very clear. I still hold my Singapore passport and stuff like that. Uh, I actually spend a lot of time in Hong Kong, you know, probably a little bit more, more time in Hong Kong now than, than Singapore. Uh, but I spend a lot of time in the US. But I think today, if you're a tech company and a tech, tech startup, you can't think of yourself as a Chinese company. You can't think of yourself as a Hong Kong company. You can't think of yourself as a US company. You've got to think globally. And globalization is important, even as some countries are looking at being a little bit more insular. Yeah, interesting story. He's currently looking for an apartment in Central, which is near... Uh, the Razer Hong Kong office. So if anyone has a offering, just let us know. We can pass the message. <laughs> okay. You know, when it comes to tech CEOs, we often read about how they have these crazy schedules. Like, what was it? Tim Cook wakes up like super early in the morning. What time does he wake up? Yeah, the Apple CEO wakes up at, every day at like 3.45 and he checks his email, go to the gym. And also, similarly, Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey wakes up 5 in the morning and do meditation and then go for a jog. Yeah, but it seems that Min is very different from these CEOs. A lot of tech CEOs, right? They wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning, they meditate, and then they go for a run and stuff like that. I hate all those CEOs. <laughs> I cannot do that. You know, I, 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 I hate waking up early. I am like the typical Zainan kind of CEO. I, I wake up... If I, okay, I don't have a choice, but I have to wake up at about 8 o'clock or whatever it is. 
Uh, then I will check my emails in bed for a while. Uh, then I will drag myself to work, maybe. I'll do meetings all day. You know, um, I spend all the time with the design team to look at our latest designs, our products, so on and so forth. Um, then about, I, I knock off pretty early. Uh, I go grab dinner at about 8 o'clock or so, and then uh, I continue working when I'm back home, but I play games if I get a chance. Uh, I usually go to bed about 3 or 4 o'clock. And then... Because uh, that's pretty little sleep. I don't sleep much. I don't, I don't sleep much. You don't I, need that much. Uh, I think I do. Like, everybody needs a lot of sleep. But, you know, uh, it's a bit like, oh, I'm just going to play one more game and... And yeah, one more game, and one more game, and then after that, it gets a little longer. I know it's probably not healthy, but that's how it is. Right. I guess it's fair to say Ming has no life beyond gaming, and he's really a control freak about every single detail of every single Razer product. Like he told me, he makes final call on every design stuff.、Uh, that includes the shade of the pink used in a gaming hardware Razer recently launched for female gamers. Also, he cares about how. The tiles look like in Razer's Hong Kong store. To us, design—it's not just about how it looks, right? It's about、um, the package. So we're known for the packaging and stuff like that. It's about the whole experience. Even the store, right? We spent a lot of time designing every single aspect of the store, designing everything. So even, for example, the tiles when we first laid it out over here, the line didn't exactly align to the to the logo. So I tore up the whole floor again, and we re re redid the floor, which we were almost late for that. And To me, it's about engaging every single thing.、It's、even before you get to a Razer product, you already know how it feels and what it says. So when I was looking at the box, I said, "Wouldn't it be cool? Is that when you open the box, you have a certain scent that everybody thinks about Razer? Because there are certain scents in everyone's life. When you smell, you just think, or you think of a memory. So that's one of the things that we designed、uh, a long time to kind of build.、Um, and、uh, yeah, we spent a lot of time designing just the smell of.、Uh, Tune it down a little bit, primarily because the first time when I launched it in a in a store,、uh, in a, in a in a package,、uh, the packaging company had never done anything like that. So they had to evacuate the whole factory because all of a sudden the, was, was, the smell was too intense. So we do have it in a very small scent in every single razor package. So Ping, you did this interview with Min like a couple weeks ago, and just you know a few days ago, I saw on their Razer social media platforms, you know Twitter, Facebook, they actually released a product called Razer Ping. Right, it's a mobile phone app where users can just take snaps of everything they see in their daily life. The idea is that gamers are often too lazy, right? Their hands are tied with the keyboards; they don't want to type, they don't want to text or send message. So you can just take a snap. And the mobile phone, I, I guess, is sort of equipped some, with some AI software, so it can know what you want to say. For example, if you take a snap of a lunch place, and your friend will know it's the restaurant you want to go for this weekend. And if you take a snap of your girlfriend, and the phone, the app can know if she is in a good mood or not. You sound super excited about this product. Did they name it after you? Well, that might be the case, but I cannot really comment on that. Well, you do know that the product release date is the first of April, right? Well,、uh, I guess that's disappointing. Happy April Fools! All right, so that's it from us here at Inside China Tech. So Ping has actually written a really awesome story about what it was like to game with. 
Min. And we also have a super cool video that's embedded in that. So if you're interested to read stories like that, his story, or just general tech content, head on to scmp.com slash tech, where we're publishing stories almost daily. So Ping, where can we find you on social media? You can add me on Twitter at PingRoma, P-I-N-G-R-O-M-A. And I can be found at Zensu, that's at Z-E-N-S-O-O. Finally, if you're enjoying our Inside China Tech podcast, do rate us five stars on iTunes or subscribe at Spotify and Stitcher. We are going to go practice our Apex Legends skills now. Bye! Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.